And welcome in, everybody, here once again to the Two Guys at Beer podcast studios. Andy Beckstrom and Sean Field here uh, once again to talk about yet another brewski, as they say. I don't know who says that. I don't know really anybody says that, but somebody somewhere has said that. I think old people say that. Well, like the baby boomer generation says brewski, I think. Right. I'm getting to be kind of old people. Every so often oh. I get a little, you know, <laughs> in my, my beard, my mustache, I find a little gray hair. Yeah, we're getting there. Yeah, I'm getting a little gray going in the beard, too. I attribute that to being married and living with four females. That's probably a likely. Yeah. <laughs> I do love my wife, though. No, so don't get mad. But <laughs> <laughs> don't get mad. <laughs> also, don't listen to the podcast uh, where we talked no. about driving and everything with that. <laughs> no, yeah, don't do that. So, once again, one another episode uh, as we uh, rejoin you once again here from the podcast studios. Today, we're going north. We're going to uh, Fargo, North Dakota. Drecker is the name of the brewery, Drecker Brewing Company. So, I've had some of their stuff in the past, I've always kind of enjoyed some of their stuff. Uh, haven't done a whole lot, but uh, at some point in time, I'd like to go up there. So and, if you're ever in for a road trip. Yeah, Fargo's <laughs> good. And just so all you listeners know, you know, I've traveled around the country a lot. You've talked about that before. I always get asked about that movie, Fargo, and the mm-hmm. Minnesota accent. Fargo is not in Minnesota, not people. Minnesota, it is yeah. in North Dakota. So when you see me traveling, don't ask me about that movie. So, Fargo or the city, because I don't know. I don't go to North Dakota. So those that may be wondering from, what was the city in Texas that uh, we had the, the listeners from? I'm trying to remember now. Oh, boy. There's a few of them, so I don't remember exactly. But uh, if those if those listeners are wondering, uh, no, Fargo is not in Minnesota. If you're ever <laughs> looking for kind of a, a little Minnesotan kind of thing, look up the ESPN Sports Center commercial with Joe Maurer. It kind of goes over all sorts of stuff. Perfect. It's kind of funny. He corrects a lot of uh, misnomers with uh, <laughs> Scott Van Pelt. And <laughs> it's kind of fun time. Anyway, so yeah, we're going uh, back to the beer. <laughs> yeah, back to the beer. We haven't even cracked this thing, and that's the best part right, of the podcast. Right, right. Yes. Drecker, Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, what we're doing today, a super mega lager. Classy and crisp is the description. So I guess uh, we'll we'll find out. Here so as we go. This isn't just a lager. It's a super mega lager. Mm-hmm. And it is a 16 ounce, so it is a pounder. So it is, I guess, to a certain extent that. I suppose that could be the super mega part, maybe, since it's a pounder. I I'll, don't know. I'll go with that. Yeah. It's a four and a half alcohol by volume. And yeah, I don't know. Should be interesting. Should be good. Let's crack it open and give it a shot. Here we go. Best part of the podcast pretty much every time. Then we start talking and ruin it. After that, <laughs> <laughs> well, you can definitely get kind of that lager taste to it, that kind of lighter feel to it. It's a different brewing process, I guess you could say. So you can kind of get a little bit of that through there. Yeah, it's a pretty solid, it, pretty light. It is a lager for drinking. sure. Yeah, it is very easy drinking. It is definitely lighter. It does have a bit of a flavor to it, though. Mm. And you can taste that, can't you? There's a, like a slight flavor to it, so it's not like your basic lager, like a Budweiser or a Coors or right. a Michelob. Like there's something yeah. with it to make it taste better than just a Michelob or a Coors or Absolutely. Miller Genuine Draft. Yeah, there's a little bit more flavor to it, for sure. The mm. website uh, describes uh, it's super, it's mega, it's a new lager, super mega lager. is a classy, mega crispy lager that's all kinds of light and crushable. And we can't wait to raise a bunch of glasses with you all to this 
We can't wait to raise a bunch of glasses of this with all of you wonderful weirdos. There we go. Oh, uh, reading and speaking is it just doesn't <laughs> work for me. It's just not something uh, <laughs> that I'm not really good at. So it doesn't really taste like a light, though. Mm. It does. It tastes more like a normal lager, not a light lager to me with that little bit of flavor in there, too. Yeah, it is pretty crisp. So the uh, classy and crisp is uh, pretty astute, I guess, if you want to uh, describe it in a way. Yeah, you could probably drink some of these after mowing the lawn for six hours. <laughs> I think this would definitely rate well on that scale of, of pounding a few of these down on like a craft beer or an IPA or I a stout. I think I would uh, probably have to uh, agree with you on that one for sure. So, uh, yeah. yeah. I'd recommend it. We actually got, I actually got two of them. We have uh, this one and then we also have a uh, Juicer double IPA, but uh, we, we may or may not get to that one or not, but uh, we'll uh, work on this one here first. So what do we got about Drecker? Any good information about the brewery? So some pretty uh, solid, uh, solid information. They got a fair amount of things on their uh, website. DreckerBrewing.com is where you can find most of the information there. The building itself uh, it came to life in the 1880s, in the earliest days of Fargo, nine years before North Dakota would even be a state. Wow, nice. Uh, I don't know if that was part of, I guess that's where I don't, my geography failings, Mr. Soderstrom would probably be judging <laughs> me right now, because I don't know, like, the iteration of, you know, what territory that was probably part of the Louisiana Purchase or something. Yeah, probably. Point, it was, I did see a thing the other day or whatever, like, the evolution of Virginia, which started as almost like the entire Louisiana Purchase was Virginia, and then it went to like the Rum River, or not the Rum River, the Mississippi River, all the way across, and then down to like Virginia, both Virginias, and like another like Ohio or something like that, and then ultimately just out of Virginia. Hmm. So a little bit of a difference there, you know. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So nine years before North Dakota would become a state, and of course. You never really know what the boundaries are at that point in time, so they're just kind of existing out there. It was built by Northern Pacific as a locomotive repair building and foundry. Nice. So, you know, that's common about a lot of these microbreweries and craft breweries. Mm-hmm. You know, they use those old buildings from the 1800s, early mm-hmm. 1900s, repurpose them. A lot of cool history about those uh, those buildings and stuff. And Absolutely. I've been to a decent number of breweries. You've been to a lot, and... You know, the really fun breweries, too, kind of keep that feel when you're in there. Mm. So I wonder if we went there, if the inside would be kind of train-themed, maybe, or the history of, you know, that type of industry or anything. Yeah, I don't know that they, I mean, I see some of the pictures. There's not a ton of pictures, but uh, most of it just looks like a a big building kind of with a wood structure. You know, I mean, metal on the outside or brick on the outside, but, like, the inside is kind of that old timbers that's holding the roof up. So it's got that kind of... That kind of feel to it, at least it, with the way that it appears on the pictures. But uh, yeah, so built in the 1880s, and it's the last standing piece of what was a large railroad facility that included a 28-car roundhouse and many other buildings. So uh, a lot of that has been repurposed, redeveloped, redone, torn down, and whatever. But uh, this building has remained. It's one of the only ones there. Uh, building went through many uses and many owners over the year and fell into disrepair after sitting empty for several decades. But still, the soul and character were undeniable. They first dreamed of starting a brewery, and through dumb luck, hard work, and some amazing friends, they eventually had the opportunity to res- resurrect the building. So they uh, took it over at the, uh, some point and kind of built it out, you know, and, and worked on the entire thing to be able to make it into what it is today. 
So let's see here. They opened in 2014. So I would assume probably a year or two before that is probably when they bought the building. So you'd think that, I guess, I don't know. I say a year or two, but it could have taken five years, depending on like how much they had to do with that building. Right. Had a building from the 1880s that's been in disrepair for decades. It probably needs a lot of work in there. So, uh, yeah, 2014 is uh, when they first opened up. Go back to this other thing here. They uh, worked on uh, so many things, and they have this whole brew hall. So they have uh, this brew hall that is 1666 First Avenue North is where it is. But they also have this thing called Brew Halla, which is kind of a food entertainment hall. It's not just like the brew hall. It's a whole other thing. And it almost looks kind of like a like a little shopping area with, that will eventually have like maybe some tap rooms, like kind of like a big area that you could just kind of walk around, like a, like a, a market inside a hmm. building in a way. Well, that's um, cool. And that is kind of right next to it, uh, 1666 First Avenue. And this place is at 1702 First Avenue North. So they have that built out as well. Brujala is the home of Drecker as a whole. Uh, the tap room is going to be at the 1666. Brujala is going to be on the other part. They're building out the expansion that brings together the most amazing experiences that they could conjure up. Brujala has the food market with some of the best and creative restaurants, shops, and little makers. And then in the event center to throw uh, killer parties and hotel also built in there as well. So wow. kind of an all-inclusive experience there with the, the Brujala which uh, has all sorts of stuff, oysters, ice cream, plants, pizza, coffee, night eats. They, they open early. They're open seven days a week, 10 to 8, but early coffee starts at 7 a.m. Oh, you need your early coffee. Absolutely. And then uh, uh, late night, some parts of it are open uh, till you know, 9, 10 p.m. And then on the weekends uh, for Drecker is open till uh, midnight. So they stay open a little bit later oh. on certain days. So uh, lots of stuff going on there to be able to check that out. The hotel looks like it's it's actually quite it, it's kind of crazy. So like a lot of the hotel rooms have a lot of like this artwork that's on like the, uh, the double IPA. It's not just a plain Jane cookie cutter hotel. Like it has a lot of the artwork there and a lot of uh, things to go with that, all individually themed around a certain beer. Hmm. Interesting. That'd be kind of neat to go check out for sure. So, yeah, it'd be a lot of fun to be able to see that. So It almost sounds like that Brewhalla facility is like a mall. Like almost, I, I'm, in a I'm way. picturing you walk in there and there's different shops, different vendors, or you know, different breweries at like, 20 feet apart type thing. You know what I mean? Like when you walk through right. all vendors and yeah, in a way it's kind of, it is kind of like that, uh, almost like them all, but, uh, it's all kind of open air. It's not, uh, just going to be, you know, like the, you know, you walk through like Maplewood mall or Rosedale or whatever, like the, you know, sure. like the hallway and they got the different shops or whatever. It's a lot more like this is a little hall. And then they, they each have like a little booth, if you will, like a, right. a little table that they have there. There is something like that that is down in St. Paul. See if I can get to the the name of it. It was kind of, I went there a couple of years ago before uh, going on vacation, and it was so much fun. It's just kind of a cool hall, and they had a brewery that was kind of attached with it. But uh, obviously, I can't remember what it is, because why would I be able to remember something like no. that? <laughs> you know? Why do um, we remember anything? <laughs> exactly. That's what I wonder. And you always remember it. When you don't want to remember it, it just like pops into your brain. You're like, oh, okay, perfect. Perfect timing to remember that. Why couldn't I remember it three days ago when I was thinking about it or trying to talk about it? Right. 
That is too true, my friend. The brain works in mysterious ways. Let's see here. I want to say that it is... Nope, it's not that one. Trying to be able to find this. This is going to be the struggle in my life, is not being able to remember things off the top of my head, just be able to have it right there. But the uh, place is... Gray's is the name of the place. It's uh, down in uh, Minneapolis. It's going to be kind of by Fulton Brewery, inbound, and number 12. Uh, It's, what, a couple blocks away, two blocks away from the Target Field. Mm, So kind of right down there in the heart of Minneapolis. It kind of backs up on the uh, backside up against Modest Brewing. But they have the same kind of thing where it's just kind of a hall to be able to walk through. And they have a bunch of candle vendor and soaps and things like that or whatever but they have an area that's just like set up for like food court and bars and and whatnot so it's kind of its own little thing there so that's kind of a cool little deal to be able to have something like that but those yeah. are those are always kind of a, a fun deals that to be able to have you know in the cities sure yeah i have never been down there i want to go check that out it'd be kind of fun i want to say there's one on west 7th too though in st paul but this is the point uh, during the broadcast that i say things like this and my wife is yelling through the speaker or texting me as she's listening to this when it comes out where she's like, oh, it's this one, you, you dar-dar. It's, you know, <laughs> that's where it is. Keg and Case. There we go. Keg and Case Market. That's what the other one is. That oh, one, okay. That one's on West 7th, right by the Schmidt Brewery, the old uh, Schmidt Brewery. But uh, yeah, it's same kind of deal, you know, a whole market area, little arcade that's in there, but they have all sorts of different stuff you can be able to do. That was the one that I went to uh, before going on a cruise. So. Oh, okay. But um uh, it's, I don't know, it's a fun place, you know, so I guess the Drecker Brewhalla sounds like it would be an absolute blast. It looks a lot like some of the other ones that I've been to, and those are always super fun to be able to go to. And it's a lot of a lot of fun, and if you get there on a day where there's a lot of people, like, it has kind of a vibe to it, you know what I mean? It's not quite like a state fair or anything like that where it's too packed or too crowded, but if you get enough people there, like, people are... They're having a good time and looking for some crafts and looking for craft beer. And, sure. you know, like you don't really run into a whole lot of people that are, I'm a craft beer person and I'm a jerk. <laughs> Maybe they get a little into themselves a little bit, take things a little too yeah. seriously. But at the same time, like there's not a lot of people that I've met around craft beer that are like, I'm going to have 12 beers and then get in a fight in the parking lot. Like right. That's just not the vibe around that's, it. Yeah. Not the vibe, not the way it goes. You know, the name Brujala is kind of nice. You know, the their logo on the can, you know, has got a Viking on it. And I was thinking Brujala sounds like something you would watch on the Vikings sitcom or something, you know, that came out <laughs> however many years ago, you know, when Vikings was popular on Netflix or whatever it was on. Oh, right. Yep. Like you'd call it a Brujala. We're going to go to the Brujala, you know, something from <laughs> back then. I'm sure that was probably something kind of on the lines of what they were thinking. Right. But it's, it's kind of a cool name, Brujala. Yeah, it is kind of a, a cool little deal there with that. Let's see, some of the events that they do, not only the Brujala, but they also do, they actually, uh, we just missed it. Uh, within the last couple of days, they had a hot dish festival there as they hosted for Fargo. So watch out for that one on their website in the future, folks. <laughs> Make sure you check that one. Well, that's an actual Minnesota thing, hot dish. That's true. Not Otherwise, many it's people, casserole. Or goulash. Goulash. A lot of people goulash. call it goulash. Here in Minnesota, we call it hot dish. You throw whatever you find in a crock pot, with some noodles and heat it up, and away you go. It's kind of like a fruitcake, in a way. <laughs> Just with noodles. <laughs> oh, fruitcake is so disgusting. I don't know that I, in my life that I've ever had fruitcake. I tried all, it once. But... <laughs> it's not worth trying. It's exactly it what you expect. It's not worth trying, yes. Fair enough. Hot dish can be okay, you know, depending on what's in it. Right, you know? right. 
It's the poor man's dinner. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's so good. Comfort food. So this is going to be something, you know, depending on when the episode comes out, this is going to be April 6th. So I'm not saying, but we got a little bit of time to talk about it. <laughs> it's a Saturday. They are having the uh, Drecker Brewing Presents Fooler's Ball, a festival of weird beers. Sounds like a good time. So they have uh, a bunch of their friends, a bunch of people that they know, a bunch of different breweries. They come and they they try to pair it with the April Fool's Day. And so they try to be able to get the most random, bizarre, crazy beers that are out there anywhere. And so that's what they try to be able to bring to the table for that. So April 6th is when that's coming up. So kind of a, a fun little event that they got going on. But otherwise, yeah, anything else, just go to a dreckerbrewing.com, be able to find out more of what's there. Uh, they have section that has their beers, a lot of details with that. Uh, the vault is something that they have because they've made a lot of beers over the course of the years. This is like 110 different brews that they got like in bottles that are there that at least they've made in the past. So a lot of different variety. It's kind of neat. That's one of the things at one point in time, I remember who I was talking to about this, but you know, we were talking about the different kinds of beers and they, they didn't know anything about craft beer. So it was kind of a new experience for them. And they said, I don't remember who we were specifically we were talking about, but it was something like Castle Danger or something like that. And they're like, oh, I don't like Castle Danger. Oh, which one did you have? Well, I had the Castle Danger. Like, okay. <laughs> well, which beer did you have? <laughs> they didn't understand that it's not like Coors Light, where Coors Light is right. the thing. Part of Coors, but Coors Light yeah. is the one thing. But they had had, I don't know if they had like a double IPA or something like that. And I'm like, well, do you want to try the cream ale? Like, this is going to be a little smoother for right. you. you know? And they tried it and they're like, who is this from? <laughs> like, well, this is from Castle Danger. It's like, no, 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 it's a different beer. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so when you go to Hardee's, you don't just get Hardee's. Right. You get the burger or the Frisco or whatever it may be, you know, like. <laughs> so let me explain this to you, how this works. So kind of a funny conversation with that. But yeah, that's that's something they have. They brewed a, a whole bunch. They said that they've done a lot of beers. And in their vault, they have well over 100 beers that are available so did you say they're all bottled in the vault or is it just the recipes in the vault it just shows the vault as a tab we're trying to add them all so some of them might not necessarily be available but it's a bruise that they have done is it a real vault i hope so like a bank robber vault it's probably a uh, walk-in cooler that has a very professional looking padlock on the outside or something that would be pretty cool that would be pretty fantastic. <laughs> or is it an SD card with all the recipes on an SD card? Is oh, that the that's probably... You, you can you know, push the little lock thing on the side of it, those SD cards. And if you break in, then all of a sudden, like, the air escapes out of there. <laughs> you know, then you're left unconscious on the floor or something. Could make this into a action movie. You sure could. Like a Mission Impossible kind of thing. We got some green screen. We could be able to do that. <laughs> we got to we gotta get on making this... Uh, Stealing the uh, recipes. That would be great. <laughs> that would be great. The Italian job and get away in our little Mini Coopers. Oh, absolutely. Heck yeah. Be used Mini Coopers from right. like the <laughs> 70s or something. <laughs> I don't know that we're racing trains to be able to get out of there. No, I can't get it not. in the third. <laughs> so at Drecker, you would mention the uh, the kind of the Norse theme, the Viking logo that's uh, yeah. on the front of the can there. So Drekkar was an old Norse word for Viking dragon ships used in battle. Drek made to drink. And according to the brewer's co-founder and president, Mark Bjornstad, Drekker, he says, is a slang Icelandic word for drinking and congregating with friends. So, you know, if you're going to pick a word from another language, 
That's a good word to pick. It's a good, yeah. I like it. It's healthy. So absolutely. 100%. So yeah, that's, you know, and like I said, go to DreckerBrewing.com. You know, a lot of information that they have on there. Uh, They do tours once a week, free tours on Saturdays to be able to kind of walk around. They do ask for a free will donation because they not only do the free tour, but one of the other things is since they've opened, they've also made it a point to help their community because a lot of breweries try to give back, some of them in different ways. What theirs is, they select a different local nonprofit for charitable efforts for the month, and then they look for a donation of a dollar through every beer sold, and it goes to their program they called Unpillage. All right. What so are they unpillaging? So it's kind of like the pillage and plunder, but uh, it's a uh, unpillage. So That's they've donated cool. over a hundred thousand dollars to local nonprofits, and they try to uh, give back as much as they can. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's Com- a common theme with all these breweries that mm-hmm. we drink beer of or go check out. They always have some sort of Absolutely. community involvement program, whether they're trying to be more sustainable, which is cool, you know, or they're just simply giving back to the community through various nonprofit charities throughout the community or city, wherever they're at. Which is good to be able to see, you know, I mean, if you're going to be part of the community, like, which is so weird because even now a local town that I'm aware of was going through the process of a, there was somebody that bought a building that I, I drive by this building fairly often. I'm like, that would be a perfect spot for, it's one of those kind of, it's an old construction building is what it is, but it's a brick building, brick and mortar, high vaulted ceilings, looks like it should be, what a brewery is now, you know what I mean? Sure. Like a really cool brew hall, not a very big building. So it's not going to be like, I feel like Drecker is a pretty good sized building, you know, an old rail yard. That's going to be a pretty right. good sized building. It's not going to be something like that, you know, something in a little bit smaller town Thought it was absolutely perfect. But the problem was that because of the way that the city had been built out, the city was zoned by blocks. And so if your block is zoned residential, you can't have like a brick and mortar business right there because that's a commercial building. So this building is on a block that over time has become all residential, except for this building on the corner. Well, now they can't sell the building because who's going to buy this building for commercial purposes, but to live there? I mean, don't get me wrong, it's kind of a cool building, but it's not exactly, it would be kind of a weird loft, I guess, (laughs) is kind of what it'd be. So somebody did buy this and they were going to put a brewery in there and uh, they were trying to go through to be able to get... uh, zoning changed or at least kind of a blended zoning where they can be able to do something with that. And uh, they worked and I I listened into a couple of meetings and read online meeting after meeting that they would have with the city and and residents around there. And people would uh, push back and be upset that you're like, Oh, we don't need another bar in here. And people are going to be racing up and down the road and people are going to be parking and stumbling around drunk outside of there and been to a brewery. (laughs) Like, I don't, what breweries are you going to? Like right. that's that's not at all. Like usually they're really good for communities. <laughs> like it's a nice thing for people to be able to go, and it's it's a family atmosphere, which is odd to think of as a place that serves alcohol. But typically, yeah. At the same time, like they usually have like a whole stack full of like board games and stuff in the corner, and people go in there with their kids all the time. You know, three twenty in Pine City, you know, beer club in Mora. Like some of those places that I go to fairly often, there's almost always kids in there. Yeah. Don't give them the beer. Like that's <laughs> it doesn't have to be a whole big thing. Right. Because it's not a bar. That's not what it is at all. So ultimately they ended up turning it down and this person you now has this building that I don't know what they're gonna do with it. <laughs> oh, that's a bummer. But now it just sits there. I think they ultimately they think they sold it to some guy that's doing like auto repair out of there. I don't know how that's working with 
the commercial side of things or if they just approved it for that, but they wouldn't approve it for the brewery. But I don't know. I was kind of sad because I thought it would be great to be able to have that in town. True. But uh, like you said, it's usually a positive thing for right. the community. Yeah. And it's not, like you said, it's not a bar. Breweries are about drinking a couple craft beers and enjoying the flavor and the taste of beer. Not You're not typically going to a brewery to get hammered out of your mind and party and mm-hmm. raise hell and dance to techno music and whatever. You're there just to relax, right. eat a meal, drink a couple craft beers, BS with your buddies or mm-hmm. your wife or whatever. And like you said, play games mm-hmm. and then you get out of there. Yeah. Eat your Von Hansen's pretzels. Do you, you know, you had to bring that up, dude. <laughs> I saw the twinkle in your eye. You were just thinking you about it. I was like, oh, pretzel. You were thinking about it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Amanda thinks that they're going to eventually hear this and they're going to like send me like a box full of pretzels. <laughs> Again, I don't hate Von Hansen's pretzels. It just makes me think every time gourmet pretzels, I think of like the Belgian soft pretzels, you know, like the big right. ones that are the size of your head. And that's not at all what they ever are. And I get it. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> if I knew that's what I was going for, you know, it'd be fine. It's like when you try to take a, a sip of soda pop when you go right. to someplace or whatever, and you think Dr. Pepper, but it ends up being root beer. You know what I mean? Like what you think may or may not be good, but what your mind is expecting, if that's not it, then it's just disappointing because that's what you were hoping. <laughs> it may be better than what you were going to get, but it just mentally, you're like, well, I'm not there now. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely know the feeling for sure. When you're mentally prepared for something good and you get a little tub of dried pretzels, you're like, oh, right. Perfect. Right. Yeah, it's not great. Not great. Well, at least they have multiple flavors, though. You know, they're, you can mm-hmm. choose from oh, absolutely. a variety of flavors. And hey, Von Hansen's, if you're listening, you need a sponsor. We'll sponsor you. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to we'll, bring we'll, it up every single podcast because we'll I put think you at that the it bottom is, of the podcast, right? <laughs> we'll put it, a label right down there on the bottom. <laughs> so that's our uh, Drecker story. That's uh, kind of what I have for uh, Drecker. I mean, there's uh, different reviews that they have out there from different places, but that's kind of the background of a uh, Drecker that that we're aware of and uh, kind of our, our take on this super mega lager classy and crisp. Nice. Yeah. It's a good beer. I'd recommend trying it. If you haven't tried it, if you like lagers out there, go ahead and give it a try. seems like a cool brewery, a good place to go. We should probably go check it out. Probably should. And I like their, their theme. They're kind of like their Viking Icelandic type theme, you know, with their logo and Bruhala, how they, they call it that. They do have a, uh, on their website, under the beers column, there is a beer finder. So you can be able to find out where they distribute to. They do have a pretty decent distributorship, but they have, try to zoom in on it a little bit. A lot of it is going to be kind of Minnesota, North Dakota-ish. So it's not like it's a massive distributorship. But uh, even on their website, where they show some of the uh, locations, they actually distribute a fair amount more than that because this shows it doesn't even make St. Cloud, let alone Minneapolis, St. Paul. But I typically have gotten this in Minneapolis or St. Paul. That's actually where I got this Perfect. from was uh, at uh, the Dabbler Depot on West 7th in oh, St. Okay. Paul. So it was down there and I found that there. So it's uh, definitely something that uh, you can be able to uh, find. Uh, let's, let's try something else here. Search radius of 100 miles from there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you put in. Yeah, there we go. Now I got a lot more uh, locations. Even in Malacca, there's uh, some locations. Princeton, Foley, the old brick 
whatever it's called, Old Log Liquor on 169 that's in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> right. So, yeah, they distribute pretty wide. So, you can get it not everywhere, but you know, just about anywhere. Most liquor stores be able to have that and you'd be able to uh, get it there. So, I definitely recommend getting it and uh, you know, giving it a shot. Like I said, pretty solid stuff and uh, good, good things. Definitely. And good people. Let's see here. I thought I had a, a fun trivia fact for a second, but now I'm not able to find what it was. I was trying to find the uh, the weight of the uh, Stanley Cup. Oh, sure. <laughs> I don't know what made me think of it, but uh, the website that I went to or whatever, it just talks about how uh, it's the only one that's uh, not reproduced every year because you use the same cup. They just take a ring off the bottom when it's full because they put the entire team's roster on there. Right. And so they uh, just take the uh, ring off the bottom whenever, you know, they get a, whenever they fill one of the rings, essentially. So where does the ring go? They do save it. And that's what I was trying to find because the first team to have it engraved was the 1906-1907 Montreal Wanderers. And the 1914-15 Vancouver Millionaires also engraved nine names inside the bowl. So... (laughs) Oh, here we wow. go. It is uh, 35 and a quarter inches tall and weighs 34 and a half pounds. That's so a hefty weight for that thing. It is definitely yeah. a uh, good size deal. So It's uh, not fake, that's for sure. No, definitely not. Typically, when somebody wins it, everybody on the team is given one 24-hour day with the cup. Right. And it's kind of funny to see what people do with it. Some people will use it for like a popcorn bowl. <laughs> some people will try to drink out of it. You know, some I've people just some of those on bring it around media. town and, and try to be able to do some of that stuff. So kind of interesting to see if nothing else, like so many times you see like Super Bowl, the Lombardi trophy is like, all right, well now we give it to the owner and nobody gets to touch it for the rest of eternity. And it just sits in a case. Sits in a case. Yeah. You know? But the Stanley Cup, even though it's handled by a guy with white gloves, it's definitely like a, well, you get it today and you get to do right. kind of whatever you want. Do whatever you want with it for a day. Yeah. That's pretty cool how the NHL does that with the, the people that win the Stanley Cup. With all of the rings, how would it be 100? No, 100 inches doesn't seem right. No, I'm never going to find it in time. But yeah, they, they keep uh, taking the, uh, the the rings off because otherwise it'd be something like 12 feet tall <laughs> if it were to be. <laughs> that would be great. That, so They must keep the rings in like the Hall of Fame or something. Right. I'm sure they've got them stored somewhere. Let's see here. Three and a half feet. But that's, I think, just part of the bands. There, so yeah, it's a pretty good sized cup. It's a a three foot cup right now, but if you were to add that, it'd be another three feet over the top of that. So hmm. it'd be a pretty big cup. So <laughs> it's a <laughs> yeah, pretty be. pretty big cup. So that's my random fact for the day. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I'll go back to drinking my beer, <laughs> <laughs> which is a good beer. Super Mega Lager from Drecker. It's good stuff. All right. <sighs> You ready for some stupid news? Bring some it. Stupid, crazy news. Bring it on. Bring All right. So on. I came across this stuff over the weekend, so I thought it might be kind of fun to talk about. So Florida man does. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, I don't know, I'm assuming from India. So like the headline of the article is, Pigeon suspected of being a Chinese spy cleared by Indian police. So this is in New, De- <laughs> New Delhi, India. Indian police cleared a suspected Chinese spy pigeon after eight months' detention and released into the wild Tuesday, news agency Press Trust of India reported. <laughs> like, apparently, we got a spy pigeon. 
Like I get that back in the day, maybe, you know, but today we're using pigeons as spies. The pigeon's ordeal began in May when it was captured near a port in Mumbai with two rings tied to its legs, carrying words that looked Chinese. Police suspected it was involved in espionage and took it in, later sending it to Mumbai's hospital for animals. So what's remarkable to me in a way is that they didn't kill this bird. <laughs> right. If it's like, don't get me wrong. Like I'm fine that they didn't, but at the same time, you'd think it's a pigeon. How long is the pigeon going to last for in the first place? And you get rings on the feet. So clearly it's been into some stuff. <laughs> and you think you don't just like, is like doing espionage. Yeah. You don't just pigeon. take out like a gun and just put a couple in them and you know, like, all right, now we're going to put it in a box and send it to the CIA of <laughs> India. Just, just be done with it already. So eventually, it turned out that the pigeon was an open water racing bird from Taiwan that escaped and made its way to India. With police permission, the bird was transferred to the some animal doctor society in there, and they released it on Tuesday. The Mumbai police could not be reached for comment. I feel like this should be a movie. <laughs> it just is mind-boggling to me. There's, I have so many questions. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, and and that's not the first time it's happened over there in India either. Apparently, several other occasions, these birds have come under suspicion of espionage and spy rings. I wonder how you clear that. Like, <laughs> like do you get the like the uh, the light shining? Are they Where did you come from? <laughs> waterboarding the pigeon. <laughs> Tell me now. Rip out a feather. <laughs> Lie detector test. Apparently, in 2020, police in Indian controlled. Kashmir released a pigeon belonging to a Pakistani fisherman after a probe found that the bird, which had flown across heavily militarized border between the nuclear invasions, was not a spy. Thank God. Yeah, you know, because <laughs> a pigeon that can manage to fly across the border between two nuclear armed nations, that's uh, apparently that's quite an achievement and Thank God it's not a spy. I mean, I can't fly, so I guess it's got that on me. <laughs> and apparently in 2016, another pigeon was taken into custody after it was found with a note that had threatened the Indian prime minister at the time, which I can't pronounce his name, so I won't even try. This is this is but all India. This is all India. They're, they got a really... They're concerned about pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> Not that maybe pigeons couldn't be concerned about, because I suppose, you know, you can train them to do things. It's not maybe out of the ordinary, but... They keep this up. The <laughs> aviary community is going to cry foul. <laughs> but to, to, literally, <laughs> to literally cry a foul <laughs> and detain a pigeon for eight months because you're suspected of espionage. It's completely hilarious in this tech modern world of 2024. <laughs> Do you think you'd be more concerned? If you're concerned about a Chinese pigeon, wouldn't you be concerned about TikTok that the CCP well, controls? Well, you know, <laughs> uh, even so, this pigeon's got to be like the worst spy ever. If it's like blatantly, <laughs> if you get somebody that's a spy, let's say we're going to go ahead and we're going to send Jason Bourne, a super spy, over to the Ukraine or wherever <laughs> that we're going to send them, but we make them wear a team USA jacket <laughs> while they go over there. Like this pigeon had the symbols on his legs. It's, you know, it's like, 
<laughs> you think he would just not have anything? Like, what is this pigeon going to do? Like, is it going to come back and be like, squawk, 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 squawk. Oh, that's where they're moving the army. I don't understand. Like, what is does this pigeon? Did, did he? Did the camera mounted on his head? Was that the giveaway? I, I, it must have been. Apparently, it's better than a drone in satellite imagery. Apparently, <laughs> that they're concerned. This pigeon is trained in as, as a sketch artist. Oh, yeah, I couldn't believe that when I read that. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to capture that, and maybe we can throw it on the podcast and talk about this. Crazy spy pigeon. I feel like on this podcast, we've come up with about three different movie ideas that we're going to have to recreate. Maybe we should write a movie and start right? writing a script. All right, here's another crazy story. I don't know. This maybe isn't quite as funny, but maybe it is. I don't know. This happened in Manchester, New Hampshire. Apparently. So, so not India. Not India. Okay. We're, we're in the United States now. Gotcha. And how this happens is beyond me. I don't quite understand this, but I thought it was fairly comical so in, in manchester new hampshire a woman fell into a dumpster while throwing out her garbage and was later rescued from a trash truck that had compacted the contents while she was inside so if you're throwing away garbage how do you did you fall into the dumpster and then the garbage truck picked it up and dumped it in the top and set it and now you're inside the dumpster or inside the garbage truck how quickly did all of this happen like and how big was his dumpster? <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it doesn't really say, but luckily, neighbors heard her screams, and the trash compartment was equipped with a camera that the driver spotted her inside the back of his truck. After he already compacted the trash four times, you know, the garbage trucks, so okay. they had that, that hydraulic thing that pushes the trash forward. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, who would throw this away? <laughs> so how do you get inside of a garbage truck? You don't throw your own trash into the garbage truck. You no. usually put it into a container, you pull it to the end of the driveway, or yeah. if you live in an apartment or something, you throw your bag into a big dumpster. Like, did, did it just, knock like, her out or something? Because fall like, into I've, the dumpster? I've seen the trash can that I have, and not that I'm exactly like minute bull or anything like that, but you'd think <laughs> that if you fall into a trash container of the size that I have, at least, you know how you resolve this problem? You stand up. Like, I don't, right. you're, it's, <laughs> <laughs> even if you're in a dumpster. Right. Like, how do you not get out like, of a dumpster? I don't, I don't understand. I mean, thankfully, uh, clearly the uh, garbage truck must have been pretty empty, so it didn't really squish very much. No, but... it, the article goes on to say that uh, she didn't appear to have any injuries. They had to use a basket ladder to reach the top of the truck to lift her out. But by then, she was standing, talking, yelling, yelling, because you have to yell, you know. I mean, if I got <laughs> crushed four times, I'd probably be a little... uh Frustrated. Right. Yeah. I'm going to want like free trash service for like you, a month and a half or something. So. <laughs> you would think so. But apparently she, according to the news release that released this article, she wasn't alert enough to answer questions. So apparently something must have happened to her. Inside. So, was she not alert enough or was she still swearing so badly that they didn't have any usable audio? Uh, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, she, um, sorry, we couldn't... Uh, Meanwhile, all you see is her with just a bunch of like uh, foul language on the on her covering her mouth, <laughs> banana peel on her head. Like, yeah. I, <laughs> exactly. I what the Heffernheimer? Blah blah blah. Yeah, I just don't get it. I just don't understand how that happens. I just thought that was hilarious, and I wanted to share that. How does that happen? That is remarkable. Like I, I thought about it for a couple of days. Like, how do you get into a trash receptacle, not be able to get yourself out, knowing how big a a container is that you pulled in the driveway or a commercial-sized dumpster, and then you get 
end up inside a garbage truck somehow. <laughs> I need more answers. <laughs> this is <laughs> there's details missing here. <laughs> oh. Well, you'll get your more answers after you drink another beer because the best answers always come after you have a couple you know, of beers. You're not wrong, especially not from wrong. a Drecker. These are these are the facts of life. <laughs> <laughs> One more crazy thing to to talk about. It's kind of interesting because the Valentine's Day, of course, will have happened a few days ago by the time you hear this. But apparently, there's a car scrapping company in Britain because now we're going across the pond. There we go. Now we're Back in to Britain. Britain. Mm-hmm. And they're uh, and this car company is offering you a chance to send your former lover to the junk heap for Valentine's Day. Oh, and then smash that guy, smash that shit, get dang whatever right. you want to do. There we are. So the company is named Scrap Car Comparison, and they announced it's Scrap Your Ex program. It will allow people to have cars named after their exes before being sent to the scrap heap in the crusher. Crusher. <laughs> So they, they say it's offering a unique form for anyone that has recently gone through a breakup. The Scrap Your Ex scheme is open for a limited time to anyone worldwide who wants to trash the memories of a past relationship or even nominate a friend's ex that deserves to be junked, the company said in a news release. Anyone seeking to have their ex scrapped for Valentine's Day simply has to put their name into an online form and explain why their particular ex or lover deserves to end up in the dump. I would love to read some of these <laughs> these entries. <laughs> that would be right. that it, would be fantastic. What their deal is. I wonder how much it costs. I didn't go to the website to do any research on how much it costs. Like if you guys want right. to, you guys can look it up in Britain and do whatever you want to do, any listeners out there. But each car scrapped during the promotion will have a chosen X name written on the chassis. The person who nominated their X for scrapping will receive photographic evidence of the deed. You know what would be even better is if you had the ability to actually press the button to crush it. That'd be great. I had somebody actually one time I was trying to I was trying to fix a car and the guy's like, I, this just isn't going to work. So you bring it here to crush it. I'll even let you press the button. And I was like, well, that sounds fun, but I kind of like the car. Like I wanted to fix the car, but that would be kind of fun. Like if that's something you're wanting to do or whatever, like if, you, if I could press the button, I would absolutely get in on something make like it that. more fun. And it, it almost makes it sound like there where you have to send in like the description of why this person deserves to be on there. Is there somebody then that judges this or do they just accept all entries? You know yeah, what I mean? That's something you'll we'll have to research. The, there's a lot of criteria that's got to go into this. A lot of thought, too. Is this general hate, or is this saltiness? <laughs> is this really actually their own fault? Is this, like, I'm curious. Yeah. Not that I have a vehicle, nor an ex of a vehicle that I want to crush with said program, <laughs> or live in England, so none of the things work well, out for me. I, I don't think I really... Well, it's open worldwide, remember. Oh, so this, you, can, this you can email it in and put your ex's name on the car. So I could ship a vehicle over there. To be able to, that sounds... You could, or they probably have a bunch probably, in the scrapyard uh, that they just spray paint your name on. Oh, I suppose. So you're not actually giving a vehicle. They're no. just crushing vehicles that are already going to be, be crushed. crushed. Ah. They, yeah, they just put the name of said individual on the vehicle. This is the point where, at some point with video, the, the little light bulb, ding, like right. pops on the top of my head. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, there we go. So go to Scrap Car Comparison or Google search that. And you could probably find out how much it costs, if it costs anything for their... Five minutes of um, spray painting the name on there. You what is try, the, the name of the website? There? To, it's not necessarily a website, but look look up Scrap Car Comparison in the UK. Scrap Car Comparison? Yeah, that seems to be the name of the company anyways. Scrap Car Comparison. Let's see here. The British company. 
See if anything comes up there on the Google. There's some stuff there. Scrap Car Comparison UK. Um, let's see here. Uh, they give you the best price for your car. I mean, at least that's what they say. Scrap Car. Uh, guaranteed prices. I'm not seeing anything on there, but uh, that would be kind of interesting to be able to... I'm sure it's on here somewhere. Maybe I'm just not... Uh, yeah, it would be called Scrap Your X. Scrap. Program. I may have to do a little bit more research on this one. Yeah, we'll for, see if uh, we can come next, up with uh, anything on there by the next episode and see if we can recap a little bit. Right. Yeah, we'll have to uh, bring that out uh, in a future episode, possibly uh, Invictus. Yeah, Scrap Your X. UPI. Hmm. Uh, I think this is the article that you were just reading. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Actually, it is. Yes. But I can click on the... Oh, here we go. Now I'm into the 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 form All right, what to be we... able to to be able to get in here. Let's see here. Yeah, there's a car there that has Joe written on the side of it. Uh, they what have a to be bastard. Entries have to be in by uh, February 14th, which the math adds up on that one. Let's see here. Name, email, phone, address, X's name, and would you like scrap your X name after your car? Or why? It just says that. So it's just a form. I don't think that there's any cost associated. This might be just a gratis opportunity. So if you're looking to be able to do something for free, who doesn't like something for free? (laughs) Everybody likes free stuff. I like free stuff. So they'll send you a picture of it. They'll do the whole bit. So, yeah, I think this would be a fantastic little deal. Yeah, give it a shot. Yeah. So go along with that. You ready for a couple facts before I'm done here? Let's do it. All right, so since it has to go with Valentine's Day, you know what happens on Valentine's Day. Yeah, lovey, you're expected to do things with your wife and your girlfriend. You know, all the fun stuff that goes into... Well, I'm going to go play volleyball. Being (laughs) being an adult. (laughs) So I just happened to stumble across this. For most babies born, because that's usually what happens after Valentine's Day, Mm. maybe eight, nine months. Right. So most babies born by one woman. Oof, you got oof. a you got a guess of a number? Oof. Well, I know that there was the Octomom at one point in time. That was that was eight, but I feel like that there was, was at one time. Yeah, I feel like there was another one that had eleven or something like that. I'm going to say eleven. All right. So this was a Russian woman. Okay. And I, and I don't know the years or the time frame, but uh, my God, probably no, my probably no mess. Just gave her a bottle of Karkov. Just pop the top and like, all right, let's go. She needed a lot more than that. Oof. So this this lady had 69 kids. 69 During kids. her lifetime. Oh, this is over the course of life. Okay. Yeah, there so the we course go. of okay, the lifetime. Gotcha. I'm sorry. Not at one time. There we go. There we go. I Okay, yeah. that makes sense. 69 kids. Over the course You're of her lifetime. You're just not hot. So even if you wait till you're 10 <laughs> before you start, which I know what I'm saying by saying you wait till you're 10, but that's carry the one like you're well into your 70s. Even if you're just going like, bam, 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 bam. I mean, I guess you get a couple of twos or threes in there. So, you that's know, that's, uh, <laughs> so that's that's how she got to 69. There was a lot of twos and threes in there. She gave birth to 16 pairs of twins. Seven sets of triplets and four sets of quadruplets. Quadruplets. So she only gave birth like four times, I said. <laughs> <laughs> that is insane. Wow. You think after that like is... a couple, you tell your husband, we're done with that. Right? Like, we're done. Yeah. Of yeah. course, I don't know the time this happened. I couldn't find years or dates or anything. It was just one of those, did you know, right. facts. 
Yeah, I, I think that I used to work with a guy that back to back within the span of like one of those 18 month kind of turnarounds, nine, and then all of a sudden pregnant right away in another nine months kind of bit. Triplets both times. <laughs> so it went from would be a year and a half, went from zero to six kids, oh. all under the age of one. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I'm like, would be how hard. do you not just, oh, that is, uh, it's a better, better person than I. I can barely do it now. A three, well, two 18 year olds and one 17 year old. I'm almost 17. Like I'm done. Like I'm spent. So <laughs> you do, you do the math. I mean, not really the math, but like, okay, so you got 69 kids, but you had, you know, how many different quads and a couple of triplets. There's a chance that you, you know, like you're saying you got three teens. Let's say you have under your house in the 12, we'll say 13-ish, because then they're teens, 13 to 17. So maybe some of them got their license or something Ooh. like that. But you got 23 kids at home. <laughs> that <laughs> are teens. crazy. Like, Dad, I need the new pair of Jabos because that's what the cool kids have right. at school, and they need to be ripped. And, you know, I need some Nikes because I'm going to go out for the biathlon. I'll, or I'll I don't, be buying I don't you know. some Velcro Everlast <laughs> shoes from Pomida. <laughs> right. This is how places like Pomida stayed in business for so many years. And we'll it's go to the like Shalom that. shop and we'll pick you out a nice pair of used Wranglers we for might, 50 cents. We might just rob them. We're just going to, you know, like everything's a dollar. I don't care. <laughs> I'm taking this. <laughs> oh, this is crazy. Wow. That is, uh, huh. That's aggressive. 69 kids. And at some point, they're all going to need a cell phone. Yeah, I'm going to need a new one. That's I got another fact about cell phones. That's why I'm trying to lead that into cell phones. See, you're going to need a cell phone with all those kids at well, some point. Yeah, I, I wonder if they have a group chat. <laughs> <laughs> they probably do. Or if they named them all George, like George Foreman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would be a nightmare, wouldn't it? So I got a fact about cell phone, too, because I need a new cell phone. So this kind of came across my computer this past week. Fact about cell phone, you know, we all have the smartphones now. I have the S21 Ultra. I think Samsung's coming out with, with the S24 now here in the next month or something. Which, if you don't have a Samsung or an Android, you're ridiculous. Don't buy Apple. All you Apple lovers out there, this The amount insane. of judgment that I get, it's so even at terrible. work, from people that judge the fact that I have an Android, I'm like, okay, I get it. Android's You can be wrong, work. though, because I had, I had both <laughs> at one point in time, and it was just terrible. Android, but you work. know that's fine. You, you be you, I'll be me. Quit being so judgy. Just have a beer and calm down. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so and so Android. Every, everybody in my house has an Apple except for me. I'm the only Android. <laughs> and who are the only pe- <laughs> the people that complain about their phone all the time not working or glitching or this or that? Not me. I don't have problems with mine. <laughs> my phone's all. great. No, I don't have any issues whatsoever. No. Mm-mm. So IBM. Did you know IBM sold smartphones? I was unaware. They did. They had a smartphone with a touchscreen display input that could send emails and run third-party apps in 1994. I feel like I heard that at one point in time. I don't remember where or why. Maybe it was for trivia or something like that or whatever. <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> but that's unreal. Like, I don't, like, to have, like, touchscreen, I mean, run third-party apps. I mean, what third-party apps are available? In 1994, right? right. It probably would have been, like, a business app or... Something like that, I would assume. Right. Spreadsheet, maybe. I, I remember <laughs> uh, Snake in the uh, the uh, probably early 90s, so maybe even around then, my aunt had a uh, 
old uh what was it buick regal or or something i think is what it was but it had like the the computerish looking screen it was just like that kind of brownish background oh, or whatever sure. but, but the green the green you know what yeah. i mean you know, you know what i'm talking about like every screen looked like that in that era but it was push button but it was touch screen oh and yeah. i think it was only touch screen in those spots so i don't know if it was just that or if it was like true touch screen but that was sure. uh, it was uh, like one of the first iterations and i thought that was just amazing right the coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, I think Regal's had those, and um, Buick Riviera's had those too. Mm-hmm. I've seen those on those those touch screens from back then. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, super cool stuff. Yeah. Slam my brother's thumb in a trunk of that thing. <laughs> Auto closing trunk. I thought it'd be kind of funny to be able to like fake like that. Well, then it grabbed, then it like. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh no 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 no! <laughs> I didn't really mean to do that. Apparently, he wasn't paying attention. Well, he he had his he was messing around like throwing his hand in there. Or whatever. We were trying to get ready to oh, go sledding or something sure. like that. So I'm like, oh well, fine, I'll just shut it on there. And he's like, no, you won't. We we're sounds like Pete. Good job, Pete. Good exactly. Job. Yeah, I know he's <laughs> such a pain in the ass. He ended up getting the last laugh though because he got all the treats that day. He oh, was completely sure. fine though, but of course he's got to make it a big drama right. thing. Like, oh my god, Andy's so mean. I was always the mean mean brother, but that's fine. <laughs> well, that's our. Uh, I think yeah, that's our episode. That's about it. Let's Drecker get beer. else here. Uh, Drecker yeah. out of Fargo. Super Mega Lager. Super Check Mega it out. Lager. Check it out. Pretty good stuff. So, yeah, find it uh, just about anywhere. And uh, kind of like our podcast, you can find just about anywhere. All the major platforms, like, share, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your cousins, tell your enemies, tell uh, the uh, pigeon that's going to head back to uh, <laughs> China. Watch out for the, the pigeons. Uh, the, the spy, <laughs> tell your spy pigeon what's going on. Be able to get that information out there for us. But yeah, if you got any feedback at all, you know, definitely hit us up on the socials, you know, like just give us a comment, suggest a beer or uh, just uh, give us feedback on what you think of the episode or some of the stuff that we talked about. You know, maybe you've been in the presence of the Stanley Cup. Maybe you've touched the Stanley Cup. Maybe we got a listener out there somewhere that would be that cool. won the Stanley Cup. Because I swear to God, if we get that person on the broadcast for their one day with the cup, that would be cool. I would just, I'd give up at that point because there would be nothing cooler <laughs> to be able to happen at that point in time. So yeah, if we could make that happen, I don't think there's any world, but that'd be amazing. That'd be, it would be absolutely amazing. stellar. Yes. So anybody out there that's trying to cancel our podcast, get that hooked up <laughs> and then <laughs> that'll, that'll make it happen. So, but yeah, I think that's uh, pretty much all we got. Uh, anything from you, Sean? No, thanks a lot for listening, everybody. We really appreciate it. And God bless y'all. And we'll talk to you next time here on Two Guys in a Beer Podcast. Cheers. Cheers.